This morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in Him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By Him you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the Word of God for the people of God. So did you see the story the other day in the Tulsa world about the Greenwood Art Project? It's a wonderful story about a wonderful thing happening in our community. It's made possible by the Bloomberg Foundation or Philanthropies. They issued a challenge to any community 30,000 or greater in population across the United States to offer up a project for art that they would fund the winners of. Our project was chosen as only one of five that were selected from across the country the award, $1 million to come to fund this project. They interviewed some of the people leading this. They said, do not expect a bunch of statues. This is going to be a public arts experience for people. So it could be any number of things. It might be something in song. It might be some kind of mystery or tour that you do. It's a project where we want to involve people from across the community. Now, the subject matter of the R Project is the 1921 race tragedy here in Tulsa where people were killed and a good portion of Tulsa burnt down. But it's going to focus not only on the devastation of that terrible experience, but what has happened since then. They're going to be looking for ways for the human spirit to be expressed in its many facets. One of the artists who's already helped working on this, said they're looking to draw out the highest creativity from across the community. So they're looking for businesses and churches, residents and schools, people from all ages to become involved as this art project is designed and put together. When I hear about the kind of public arts project like this, it broadens the scope for me of how I usually think of art and the arts. Professionals are involved, but not just professionals. It's not to be something perfect. It's something to be expressive, to include lots of different people collaborating and partnering together to express not only the devastation of the tragedy, but what's happened since then, the recovery, the resiliency, the hope as we look toward the future together. 
this kind of expression of the human spirit at its best, at its highest, and yet in this case also probably at its worst, is a broader way to think about the arts than just thinking about some professional doing something spectacular on their own. This morning, we're going to be looking at the third core value that our leadership has written. I've put it in your outline. It reads like this. The Boston Avenue Church community cultivates music, architecture, and the arts as a means of experiencing God. As a means of experiencing God. Joel and I were talking about this a few days ago in terms of how he helps people who are coming into our music program understand that he's not just looking for the most talented people to do some kind of spectacular performance to impress you all. He's looking for people who want to come together to express their love of God, to see if together as they work they can help all of us be drawn into the presence of God and to experience the beauty of what it means for people working hard together but supporting each other, of singing together to bring whatever gift God has given them to be a part of this expression in worship. And as they collaborate and work together, then they're able to offer that to all of us and draw us in to the presence and the beauty and the majesty and the inspiration of worship and music. He invites them to give whatever gift they have, to offer their best in terms of singing, to use their God-given gifts so that we might all move closer and be drawn closer to God. He wants us to understand that it's not just the musically most gifted that are invited in to worship leadership, but it's an opportunity for anybody and everybody who wants to express themselves in this way to come. You can hear those same kind of themes in terms of the invitation for all to experience this as some of our psalmists write. Psalm 149 begins like this. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its Maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their King. Let them praise His name with dancing, making melody to Him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. Or Psalm 150 closes the book of Psalms like this. Praise the Lord! Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise God for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with clanging cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's an opportunity for each and every one of us when we come to worship to lift our voices together to praise the Lord. Now I know some of you are already saying to yourself, but I'm not an artist, I'm not a musician. Oh, the choir would be better if I wasn't part of it. Right, you're already deciding that you're not participating. But before you go too far down that road, let me invite you just to pause a moment 
to think about all that we do here in worship together. We read together. We sing together. We read responsively. We sing responsively in rhythm. This gives all of us opportunity to express praise to God or gratitude, thanksgiving, whatever you're feeling. We give you opportunity to come and offer yourself to God in worship. Whenever we think about worship that way, it changes a little bit from that idea of a performance for the audience to a people coming together before God, of coming together to connect not only with each other, but with God. When we think of it that way, we can think of the arts as a means of praising and experiencing God. It is human expression using the gifts God has given us. When we do worship that way, then I think it's doing worship. And at its best, we are experiencing the presence of God through the ritual, the liturgy, the music, as we come together to open ourselves to God's life intersecting with our life, with the divine coming together with the human in this time we are together. Paul talks about this coming together, how we are all called into this experience in our text from today. In that second verse, he says we are called to be saints. And when Paul uses saints, it's small s. It's not someone who's spectacular that's been canonized or set aside because of wonderful things they did in their life. He's talking about all the people of God. When he's talking about all the people of God, he refers to them as the saints, those who are followers of Christ. He says they are called, or we are called, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then a couple of verses later in verse 4, he talks about that when we come together, we recognize this grace of God that we have been given. And then he concludes in verse 7 what that means. He says, so that you know you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. Now, he's not saying that every one of us has all the gifts for worship. He's saying that together as a people, God has given enough of us gifts that we can all come together to worship and praise God and in that expression experience the very presence of God alive in our own lives. It's not that you do this alone even though there is an opportunity for private prayer and private devotion. But Paul's talking about the corporate body, the saints, the people of God coming together. And he says that together we have all the gifts of God we need to be a vital community of those who would follow Christ. And then in verse 5, he makes this bold proclamation when he says, For in every way you have been enriched in Him in speech and knowledge of every kind. He's saying all speech, all knowledge, even though he could not imagine all the knowledge humans have gained about ourselves and our world and our universe, but he's saying all of that is a gift of God. And it enriches us when we use it and recognize it in all of its glory. But at the very simplest, Paul is saying all of us 
have been given a gift in that we can raise our voices, that we can come together and speak together of the wonders and the glory and the majesty of God. We can all experience the beauty and the intimacy of God's presence even when we gather together as the body. It's a way to think about the arts that is broader than we often do when we only think of those who are professionals who make their living creating art. This idea of using music and architecture and the arts is much broader than we typically think, I believe. Ada Robinson, you remember that name? She was the designer and the artist that came up with these windows, designed this beautiful sanctuary. She talked about what she believed God was doing through her as she was working on the design of this building. I want to read you a few sentences. She said, All appointments have been designed with the hope of creating a place that is honest, harmonious, and spiritualized. That those who may not react through their reason and those who may not react through their emotion may at least through visualization be moved to a higher conception of the presence of divine power. On another occasion, she wrote this. The plan of the church is an attempt to express the highest aspirations of Christianity, to make evident in form and color the power of spiritual thought, to release the tension of the human mind to a nobler freedom of imagination as in music, and to assure the hurried passerby of the reality of the infinite. Our building is designed as a means of helping people connect to God, to experience God alive in their own lives. But it's not just our building and the beautiful windows and the beautiful dome and the inspiring tower and all the detail and all the different parts of the building that we use the arts. If you look at our Sunday school curriculum for young ones and our youth, they have lots of opportunity to express themselves in different art projects, but also in cooking and growing things. It's sprinkled in throughout their life span as they grow up here at the church but it's not only that we also do stage productions um, our youth as i mentioned earlier are working on one right now they'll present later this spring every summer all ages have opportunity to come together to be a part of an artistic expression by doing a broadway play so often we think of that as something separate but when you think about it as the people of god coming together to express the highest part of the human spirit. That's a different experience, is it not? It's a different way to think about how we use the arts. Of course, through our music program I've already spoken about, but also our Sistema after-school music program, we give people opportunity to express their delight and joy in being human and hopefully to connect that with God who loves them and who has created them and has made all of this possible. It's a wonderful opportunity for all of us to be able to connect 
and use our gifts, but sometimes not to use them, but to celebrate others who have been gifted and have rehearsed and planned and prepared so that they might express something of God's beauty in our experience together. But it's not only those traditional arts that you can think about. You can think about it with Jesus. With Jesus, we encounter the arts as well. If you think about his favorite form of teaching was the use of parables, storytelling. It's an art form. And of course, he was masterful at it, or we would not be repeating all those stories that he told when anybody and everybody who would come together to listen, he would speak to. One of the commentators I read this week wrote this about Jesus and the parables. He wrote, this was a deliberate choice by Jesus, namely to speak in parables. And it was an immensely creative choice. It is distinctly Christian in many respects. We know for a fact that the parables of Jesus are the closest we will ever come to his exact words, his exact images, his exact message. Behind this unique method of parable telling that Jesus chose, there lies trust. Jesus' trust in his own unique images. Leaven in a loaf, a net, a mustard seed, a pearl, a coin lost in a house. And there lies Jesus' trust of his listener. See, these are not illustrations of revealed doctrines. They are works of art which reveal or uncover the truth about life. This author went on to say, most of the time, Jesus' parables end with a question or imply a question. He does not give an answer. Yet Jesus' parables are art, but they're not for entertainment alone. They invite the listener to change his or her life, to experience transformation. And they invite a whole society to let go and start over again, trusting its images and its power for creativity. If you think through everything we read in the Scriptures, you realize that there is this theme of creativity and artistic expression and the use of imagination all through the scriptures i begin to think about this of course my mind went right to the very beginning of scripture back there genesis chapter one you remember how it starts in the beginning god created and then goes on in genesis to say not only did god create everything but that god created us in god's own image which we could conclude could mean that we are all inherently creative, that we have all been given the ability to create, whether we think of ourselves as a, some kind of great artist or have a great gift for this, that our lives can be works of art as we express the love of God through how we live, that God has created us with creative abilities to continue what God has started as God has made each one of us in God's own image. 
We can think about how Paul expressed it. We're reading from 1 Corinthians today. In a few weeks, we'll be in 2 Corinthians, and we'll read this verse again. But for, de- for today, I just want to read this one verse. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Paul expresses, expresses it this way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. You get the sense that God is still at work. That God's Holy Spirit is not done with us yet. That God's creative spirit is still breathing new life and new creativity in us. And if we open ourselves to God through Christ, we can experience that in our day-to-day living. But then I also thought of the Gospels and How Jesus uses that idea of the vine and the branches there in John chapter 15 and talks about that the expectation is for us to create fruit or produce fruit. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples and perhaps to you and me. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. And just as we had talked about last week, this idea that God is at work in us and the fruit that God is hoping we produce is love. That through our own abilities, we can use these gifts of God to create ripples of love, experiences of love flowing into the world. Over and over in Scripture, It's reaffirmed that God is alive and still at work and that God is faithful. And if God has said, I'll be working through you, you can count on it. You should be looking for it. You should expect that God's creative spirit is going to flow into you and wants to flow through you. And you have opportunity to respond in obedience, to respond with commitment to be willing to let God use your life as a creative way for love to flow into the world which so desperately needs love and healing and hope. Are you ready to believe that God can work through you? That truly together we can cultivate music and architecture and the arts as a creative way to live together so that God's love might be expressed into the world. I wonder what it would be like if when we came into the sanctuary and saw the windows or the mosaic or heard the organ playing, instead of just thinking, oh, that's pretty or that's nice, we thought, oh, that's God at work in the world. And we began to recognize it as an opportunity for God's Spirit to flow through me, to birth beauty into the world, and to renew me in the image of God. If you thought that way on your way to church and as you entered this space, I think you might engage in worship a little differently. I think you might be more ready to go deeper in terms of your relationship with God. And I believe that you would experience more joy and beauty, more majesty and inspiration, not only here in worship, but throughout your life. I think we might approach our lives differently if we would embrace this core value of cultivating that creative part of each of us as we move in response to God's love at work in our lives. 
I want to close with one more expression from the psalmist. These ancient poets said so many things so well. This is a paraphrase of Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is God who made us, and we are God's people. We are those to whom God tends. Enter this place with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God. Offer your gifts in God's name, for the Lord is good. God's steadfast love endures forever, and God's faithfulness is to all generations. Amen, and thanks be to God.